Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Welcome to Stream City. Stream Town? The Stream Dream? I don't know. I didn't think through the name of the village before we opened its doors to the masses. It's Friday. It's March the 4th. It's the Friday before quite a few fantasy playoffs begin. I think the... Let's see. Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, that's... The 7th is really when they should start. Um... No, I guess they could start on the 14th. I guess it doesn't really matter. At this point, we're going to be doing streaming as if most of your playoffs begin either Monday, this coming Monday, the 7th, or the following one, the 14th. So basically, we're going to do about four weeks of streaming. Anytime I make a joke about the name of a town, I think of Arrested Development, where they're going through all the names of the the housing complexes they're building. Hidden Valley, Sudden Valley, I think was one of them. <laughs> Bleep Mountain was the last one on... If you didn't watch Arrested Development, you should go back and watch it from the beginning. And then, you know, don't watch the extra ones on Netflix. Sorry, those were bad. What are you going to do? We also have a Thursday to recap. I'm not doing the typical weekend review stuff on this Friday show, mostly because, I mean, that's an entire show at this point, and... I'm counting on you guys to listen to all of the shows through the week. Which, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe you didn't, but I kind of need you to. During the, the dog days, in the middle of the season, the Friday shows can cover the week that was. Which, I mean, that's great. It's helpful. Uh, it kind of is for folks that can't listen to every show throughout the week and then have you know, Monday waivers and things of that nature. We're at that point now where I need you guys to have been listening to all of them because I don't have time for a whole Friday week in review, like who are your moves on Monday. We've got playoff stuff to talk about. And for you Roto folks, that, like myself, really, but look, I got to cover both. That's part of the, the job description. For Roto, that's why you're listening to every show. What pops up, what doesn't. So, on today's program, we're going to do a Thursday review, seven-game Thursday card that was actually pretty interesting when it all was said and done. And then, we will begin our look-ahead, not at this weekend, but at Monday. Because my hope is that you guys listened to the shows throughout this week and knew to save your moves towards the end of this week to set yourself up for the long stream that begins on Monday. That's the two parts of today's podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Dan Vespers. You are sports ethosians. And I thank you for listening. Welcome to the new subscribers. Many of you on Twitter, I've been sort of goading you into subscribing to the pod. I hope that means you're actually listening to it. Thank you if you are. Welcome. Drop a five-star review if you have a moment, but welcome either way. You can follow me on Twitter if you're going the other direction. Sweet Equilibrium, as we've talked about before. At Dan Baspers, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. Still the easiest way to find me. Dan from Sports Ethos does not come up as quickly. It's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. SportsEthos.com, at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Shout out, by the way, to the guys running the Ethos Fantasy feed that had the Kevin Durant return news a full 16 hours before Shams. That's right. Beat them. 
beat them by 16 hours because it was in the AP recap of the Nets' previous ballgame, and nobody read that except the guys over at Ethos Fantasy BK. So if everybody's like, hey, you know, are they the fastest? Yeah, how about by 16 hours? It's pretty good. Chicago in Atlanta. Let's go into our Thursday stuff. No massive surprises here. I continue to stick with my poor guy Danilo Gallinari on this stream that has been fully pedestrian at this point, and there's no way around it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He had a bad game, a good game, a bad game, a good game, and now a couple of sort of middling games. And this stream in high 20s starters power forward minutes has been a huge disappointment. Not because he's been horrible. I think he's been somewhere in like the top 130 range over that stretch, which kind of is streamer level, but I've used him in roto leagues as well. So I'm, I'm cashing in games cap on streamer level player. Again, not catastrophic, but Gallo in 30 minutes a game is normally a top 50 fantasy player. So he's not getting anywhere near yet. The usage is too low. The shooting hasn't been very good. What are you going to do? I'm just going to keep sticking with it until John Collins come back because I have this weird, undying, and perhaps idiotic faith that if you give Gallo enough opportunities with enough minutes, eventually it's going to work. In general, Trey Young, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich are the guys you could start on Atlanta right now. I'm not a Kevin Herter guy. You guys know that about me. I'm not a DeAndre Hunter guy either. And Gallo has fallen in with those two in sort of middling, quiet lines. No surprises at all on the Chicago side. Big names put up big numbers. Io Desunmu had a decent ball game as kind of your fourth Bulls starter, and we will rumble along. It's a low-information ball game. No reason to spend a ton of time on it because other games had more information. Memphis in Boston. Celtics put the defense on. Eventually, Ja got real hot, but it was sort of too little too late because Boston stopped pretty much everybody else on that Memphis side. Uh, Desmond Bain has been in a little bit of a slump. Better in this one. He had five three-pointers. That was good news. DeAnthony Melton fell back into his little slump. Uh, plus five in a game they lost by 13. Can we... I mean, what, what are we doing here, Grizzlies? This is a really good basketball team, and sometimes it feels like the rotation decisions are giving things away. I don't get it. Like, I, I understand that he wasn't having a great shooting game, and I understand we're nitpicking a bit, because the Grizzlies are 43-21. and 21. They're the three seed in the West. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
the rotations were better, I think they probably would have won another two games this year. What's two games? It doesn't really matter, I guess. Brandon Clark got 21 minutes. Rebounds were weirdly low. I can't fully explain that. I think some of it was just matchup stuff. And his free throw stroke has abandoned him here over the last week. Uh, But otherwise, it was kind of what you'd expect. Like, if he made two out of three free throws instead of one out of three, and if he got his usual five or six rebounds, we're talking about ten points, five boards, an assist, a block on great field goal percent. I'm fine with that. I'm not moving on. I know a lot of you are going to after one quiet game. I wouldn't. Same thing with Melton. I wouldn't. Slow-mo's been playing better. That's part of why Brandon Clark's been a tiny bit quieter, but... There's an ebb and a flow to this thing, and we've already talked about it before. Brandon Clark only needs 20 to 21 minutes to hit his marks. Same story generally with Melton, who's been better lately prior to this quieter one, but he's always going to catch you those massive steals numbers. Oh, Time Lord. I can't, I really can't contain my enthusiasm. Hey, Big Al Horford roaring back in it. The, there's a lot actually to, to take apart on the Boston side of this one. First of all, no Jalen Brown. That ankle swelled up as expected. He missed this ball game. My guess is he probably misses one or two more, but we'll see. And Aaron Neesmith hurt his ankle midway through the first quarter, which forced Grant Williams into huge minutes. Now, the thing with Williams is his usage is going to be painfully low. He doesn't want to be involved unless it's the perfect opportunity. He's the best corner three-point shooter in the NBA because basically he's going to wait until he's got the optimum offensive look he might in 30 some odd minutes a game he actually will probably be efficient enough to be a fantasy value like this is considered a really good game 11 points four boards and assist four out of six shooting three of those were three pointers no turnovers this is a positive impact game if only by a little but it was and the funny thing too is like this is actually a better nine cat line than jjj's 20 and 7 with a block on 9 out of 18 shooting because of the efficiency stuff, because he didn't miss free throws, because he didn't commit any turnovers. So I think you could probably roll Grant Williams out there. Probably an easier play also in roto formats with no moves limits because we don't know if Neesmith or Brown plays in the next ball game. But in roto, I actually kind of like it. Good field goal, good free throw. Three-pointers on high percentages? That's a pretty rare thing to get. Makes him an intriguing short-term deal. Jason Tatum's going to have to go big. They're going to have no real choice but to do that. Marcus Smart, same story. Al Horford doesn't have to go big. He just chose to in this one. Biggest game since the early part of the year. Big Al has come storming back after a brutal midseason slump. And the Time Lord. Oh, my God. Goodness, the Time Lord. 10 and 12, three assists, three steals, three blocks, five out of six shooting from the field. I love every single stinking part of that. Oh. Toronto, they're missing some bodies right now. No Freddie Van Fleet. No OG Ananobi, who news, by the way, came out on Thursday that Ananobi was likely going to take the two weeks. You know, we heard that he was going to need about two weeks to get that finger right, or he could try to play through it. Uh... Word came out that he's going to take the two weeks. This doesn't really help anybody. That's the thing. Or at least doesn't help anybody that wasn't already someone you were playing in fantasy. So Scotty Barnes is the guy who basically wins that Ananobi absence. He just gets to do more. With Van Fleet, at least, when he's out, Malachi Flynn gets the start. Who, by the way, was more efficient in this ballgame. He's had some very large popcorn-y kind of games. But in this one, toned it down a little bit and actually had a better 
roto-y kind of line. Malachi, in general, more of a points league type. Toronto plays again. I, I am very curious what the deal is with Freddie Van Fleet. If, if they sat him on the front end of the back-to-back or if he's really so hurt that he can't go in either one. The knee thing is a bit confusing. I picked up Flynn in a couple of roto spots again, or I should probably just start calling them leagues without a moves limit. And I probably would drop him in if we find out Van Vliet is out again. I just, I can't do it in a head-to-head spot and spend a weekly move on Flynn if Van Vliet could just sort of appear. And then, unfortunately, even with Thad Young out, Chris Boucher got 26 minutes but still didn't really get himself involved. I mean, if Thad is out again, I think it was a sickness. I forget exactly what it was. I can look it up, but whatever. You guys can do that, too. Uh, pretty sure it was an illness. If that's the case again, Boucher in 26 minutes, I would I would do it. I would do it. I know he was very quiet in this game, but 26 minutes for him has got to be enough, especially with all these other bodies out. And then on the Detroit side, uh, no surprises again on that one. Corey Joseph played extra, but who cares? It's Cade, it's Jeremy Grant, it's Sadiq Bey. Isaiah Stewart was a little bit better in this one, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to care. Miami was without a whole bunch of guys, and they just win anyway. Now, admittedly, they were taking on a Brooklyn team that isn't particularly good. Kevin Durant came back, tried to carry the Nets, and he almost did it by himself. 31 points on 21 shots. Did get some help from Bruce Brown. Not enough. Gabe Vincent seemed like he would be a good stream with Lowry out again, but he wasn't. It was Caleb Martin that came off the bench for 22. Max Struess. Struess, actually. 21 points as a starter in this game. No P.J. Tucker, no Jimmy Butler. Goofball game for Miami on the back-to-back. They'll be fine. Don't, don't do a bunch of pickup drop stuff with the Heat because this is a one-time ordeal. On the Brooklyn side, I believe they go out on the road now. So you'll see Kyrie Irving, Goran Dragic, by the way, started, played 28 minutes. So he's now sort of ramped up to full capacity. Uh, he's still not fantasy relevant, especially not in games when Kyrie's going to play. So you're Kevin Durant and you're Seth Curry at this point. The big men, this is what we talked about. The big men are basically going to evaporate for the Nets with Durant back. They can play him at a, a larger spot on the floor if they want to. They can kind of bump everybody up, and Drummond and Aldridge don't have to take care of all the center minutes. Now, admittedly, LaMarcus did play 24 minutes in this game. That should be enough for him to have value. You could argue that hang on to both of those guys a little bit longer, because Ben Simmons doesn't sound like he's coming back for a couple of weeks yet. That's the report. Uh, or you don't really have to. I mean, it just you know, just a lack of available shots. Need those guys need to be able to do something on the offensive side. I thought Aldridge would, would get himself involved on offense. I really did. That surprised me a bit. Hang on to Aldridge. I know everybody likes Drummond more. I just, I don't. Not a Drummond guy. You know what? Just hang on to both. One more game. See what happens. You can do that, right? Just stick with one little tiny game longer. Sacramento beat San Antonio. Same three guys for the Kings in every ballgame at this point. It was the only three you're dealing with. Darren Fox, Harrison Barnes, Demonis Sabonis. Done. Lonnie Walker's on a ridiculous tear for the Spurs right now. I know the moment we buy into it, it's, it's going to disappear. I think I'd still just stick with Murray, Pirtle, and Vassell. Uh... Sometimes Keldon Johnson. I'm not really a big Keldon guy. 
I think he had a pretty good stretch there after the trade deadline. So maybe, I don't know, just not my not my cup of tea. And then with Walker, nah, nah, don't take the plunge there. Dallas beat Golden State behind Luka's 41. Huge game for Luka. Reggie Bullock had another solid game, 42 minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith, another solid game. Spencer Dinwiddie's actually played himself into an okay spot here. I'll admit, I had that one wrong. I thought he was going to get cooked in Dallas, and he's actually been better than he was in Washington, maybe just playing for a team that has any kind of offensive ability. I still don't think he's going to be a 9-cat 12-teamer, but he certainly is closer than I thought he was going to be. He remains a points league option in 12-teamers. 9-cat, you probably put him more in the 14-team range. And then Jalen Brunson's the guy who's kind of bouncing back and forth right now. You hang on to him as well. Uh, no Maxi Kleba for this ballgame. If we ever find out that in enough time, you could stream Dwight Powell, and you probably should. Just didn't really have enough time to act on it. And then on the Warriors' side... Uh, Gary Payton still got the start, even with Clay Thompson back, but you knew that once Clay was in, there just weren't going to be enough shots for the non-offensive threats. And the Warriors, Steph, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, those guys ended up getting most of the shots. I don't think you really trust Poole in most ballgames anyway. Uh, but that's the story with the Warriors, as Draymond Green apparently has progressed to three-on-three. Three. suppose that's something. Lakers story is the same as always. Melo is a reasonable stream off the bench. Malik Monk is a stream when he's starting. And for the Clippers, Ivica Zubats was actually in foul trouble in this game. He still ended up with a good one. Isaiah Hartenstein got bonus run because of Zubats' foul trouble. So he put up a decent line. Terrence Mann playing a ton of minutes. That's his, his jam. Uh, Luke Kennard was hot, so his minutes were decent. Marcus Morris wasn't. I mean, this is the thing with the Clippers. Reggie Jackson, Ivica Zubats, Rob Covington, Terrence Mann are the four that I think you can start right now. And if you happen to start Hartenstein on a day when Zubats is in foul trouble, great. That's going to be a great line for you because that dude can do everything when he's on the floor. I would not trust Nick Batum. Luke Kennard off the bench. Can't trust it. Marcus Morris really leans more into the do you need someone to score and do almost nothing else? But boy, if he's not scoring, things get funky real quick. Yowza. And that's the Battle of the L.A. suppose it's as good a time as any to tell you here at the tail end of the week about our buddies, ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app, available on Apple and Android devices app is free playing however is not but with our promo code you can make it an extremely affordable nay positive impact development that promo code is ethos e-t-h-o-s when you make your first deposit over at thrivefantasy.com you get a hundred percent deposit match bonus up to a hundred dollars on that first deposit i would suggest you can just dabble with 10 throw 10 bucks in there match it with 10 and a pair this is the special part of our promo code, a pair of $20 contest entry vouchers. Please give it a try here over the weekend. It's prop betting. It's over-under stuff. 20, pit, 20 choices per night in the big contest. You pick 10. Rack up wins on your prop selections and take home money. What do you think? Did you think, uh, think Luca was going to have a monster game? Take the over on Luca. That's a good start. Do you think Steph was only going for 21? Do you take the under? 
I work out well for you. That's the thing. That's the fun thing about Thrive. You only got to focus on the key players. What's Tatum going to do? What's Cade going to do? What's Ja going to do? What's Trey going to do? Damar, Zach Levine. What are the big name players going to do? You don't have to figure out which weird, like, should I drop John Conchar into my lineup for 3500 DFS dollars? Nah, don't worry about that crap. Should I have picked slow-mo instead for 3700 Apparently you should. No, you don't have to dumpster dive like that. Big names, big props. Rack up points, take home cash from the contest every night at thrivefantasy.com. Prop up with promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, 100% deposit match, and those sweet, sweet contest entry vouchers. So here's how this works. And we dabbled in it a little bit earlier in the week. The long stream. In fact, I'm kind of glad that we did because it covered some of the ground. And what I'll say here is if you had missed some of that show, which I believe was Wednesday's show this week, then you didn't hear me talk about who the players are that maybe you should be looking at for early next week. But here's the thing. If you know your playoffs are starting first thing next week, Monday the 7th, you can set yourself up for a massive streaming edge by using all of your moves for this week with an aim, with an angle towards next week. And let's say you actually still need to get a couple of games more out of this week. Well, the Warriors are the only team in the NBA that goes Monday, Tuesday of next week. Among players on the Warriors, there are quite a few that are not ultra-heavily rostered, but have actually been, I don't want to say good, but from a streaming standpoint, playable over the last couple of weeks. Damian Lee didn't play. Uh, He was available, but I believe he was dealing with a right quad contusion. He'd been pretty good. Kevon Looney isn't well-rostered. Gary Payton isn't heavily rostered. I mean, he wasn't until Klay Thompson went down. So you have some options here on the Warriors of guys that you could drop into your lineup for Monday-Tuesday action. Should you do it today? No, probably not, actually. Because they don't play today. But the Warriors play tomorrow. They play Saturday. So if you've got someone on your team that's playing today, and maybe they also have a game on Sunday, you could switch to a Warrior and not cost yourself any games played in your head-to-head matchup this week while also setting yourself up perfectly for next week. The concept of the long stream, of course, is maximizing games played with flexibility. The Warriors go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday of next week. Meaning, if you wanted to, if your Warrior was working out well, you could hold them all the way through Saturday. And then make the switch on Sunday. If you have four moves next week, by the way, I would also say this. As you aim towards next week, there probably aren't four Warriors you can pick up to stream Monday, Tuesday. If you have four moves for next week, I think you should have three streaming slots. So go get two Warriors that are rolling Monday, Tuesday. And go find something else. Denver goes four games the first six days of next week. They've got somebody you could pick up. Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon's probably on a roster right now. 
one of the Greens, Jeff or Jamichael, someone on Denver is a possibility. Minnesota goes four times the first six days of next week. And Utah goes four times the first days, six days of next week. What I want you doing, though, is planning ahead. So let's say you took three guys. You got two Warriors and, I don't know, a Jazz. I don't know who the guy is. Who are you streaming on the Jazz? Royce O'Neal? Okay, fine. Royce O'Neal is the guy you're streaming on the Jazz. You could, next week, save all four of your moves for, for Sunday if you wanted to. Because at that point, you end up getting four extra games played. And if you needed to, and this is part of why the flexibility is interesting... If someone got hurt on your team, you can move off of them earlier in the week. You still have three moves to work with. These three streaming slots. If you had a Utah player, they also go on Monday of the following week. It's another four-game week. In fact, they've got two more four-gamers, so you could just sort of hang on and not worry about it. The Warriors, their schedule slows down after Wednesday of the following week, Wednesday the 16th of March. So if a lot of things go poorly here and you get stuck holding on to the guys you've been streaming this whole time, guess what? It's not the end of the world. You could hold on to them for like 10 days, including whatever you're doing with them this week, prior to whatever's going on during your your streaming run, and you're still okay. Now, let's say no one on your team gets hurt. All right? No one on your team gets hurt. You end up with two Warriors and a Jazz. Well, let's say after the Warriors play Monday, Tuesday, everybody's fine. Everybody's healthy on your team on Wednesday. You want to move off of one of those Warriors. Okay. You start to look around. Denver has three games in their next four days. They go Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. They might be the only team that actually has three games over four days in there. No, Minnesota does as well. They go Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We already talked about them. And then the teams that we had already talked about before. San Antonio, Toronto, actually. Utah and Washington. They all have three games in four nights. And then you could use another move if you wanted to on Sunday. I know what you're thinking right now. Dan, you're rambling. You're right. I am. How do I stream three roster slots in the way that you're talking about? Simple. Okay, it's not that simple. But this is how you do it. As an example, that first warrior that you moved off of on Wednesday, March the 9th. You picked up a wizard, because we've talked about this already, on the 9th. Then they got a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Then they got four games the first six days of the following week. You could pick up a wizard, either on Wednesday or preferably on Friday of the 11th, and hold on to them for effectively nine days. You're still streaming that slot, but you don't have to touch it for a week and a half. What was the other team we talked about on Wednesday? That, uh, that has six games in nine days over that stretch. Was it, it wasn't Denver, oddly enough. It was somebody else, and uh, probably should have written that down, knowing I was going to go back to it in a later show, but I forgot. It's, it's Washington, and then somebody. <laughs> oh, best brisk. Cleveland, there you go. The Cavs were the other one. So that's the other thing. Let's say after the the other warrior, the second move you make, first move you made was to go from a warrior to a nugget. So there's one of your four moves next week. And at that point, you increased the number of games played for that week by 
one, and you increase your games from that point to the end of the following week by two. So if you hold on to that Denver nugget from March 9th to March 20th, which I get it, that's a long while, that's 12 days, but Denver plays two games more than does Golden State over that 12-day stretch. Golden State has five games, Denver has seven. So that's a potential long stream if you wanted to. You don't have to, but that's the flexibility. You're looking down the line, you're like, okay, what's the longest I could get stuck with this player on my team? 12 days. Move number two. Let's say you're getting fed up with your Warriors. They're not doing enough for you. On Friday, March the 11th, you move off a Warrior to any of those teams we just talked about, but preferably either a Cavalier or a Wizard, a team where flexibility-wise, you're looking at six games over nine days, and your plan really is to hold on to that player for the full nine days because there just really aren't I mean, that's your maximum opportunity. Other than teams that had games postponed into this stretch due to COVID, and I think some of this stuff actually was because of that, six games in nine days is as good as it's going to get. Back-to-back is, the, is as good as it's going to get. But six out of nine, that's a you know two-thirds of the time they're playing a basketball game. That is a very, very good percentage. It's just a shade under three out of four, which, of course, requires you to make a move every four days. This makes, this, you make a move every nine days. That's an incredible ratio over almost a week and a half. So that's move number two on Friday. But you had a Jazz to start the week also. You're not doing anything with them until Sunday. So you still, basically in this instance, after Denver goes on Saturday, you can, or honestly, after Denver goes on Thursday, you could think about switching them. If you wanted to make your, your another move, after their back-to-back on Thursday, maybe you switch your nugget to someone else. I would say do the Warrior because they have four games over the following nine days. The Nuggets have five over the following nine days. But you could switch either of them or you could switch both to uh, Jetty Osman and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You know, I don't care. Like, you'll know who's available in your league. You can look it up. You can sort by team and make your play there. But if you switch from a nugget, this is your third move of the week, from a Nugget to a Cavalier, Denver has five games between that Friday and the following Sunday. Cleveland has six games between that day and the following Saturday. So an extra game and a day less. So for the Cavaliers, you're set to make a move the following Sunday. For Denver, your flexibility basically says take it all the way to the end of the following week, but there's no good time to unload. And then your fourth move is to move off of anybody on this team on Sunday if you don't like what you're looking at. That would probably be Denver if you didn't make that move on Friday. It could be Utah. You could move off of them on Sunday to, like, Philly. They go Sunday-Monday. Oklahoma City goes Sunday-Monday of the following week. Lakers actually would be your, your target. They have 5-7 and seven starting on Sunday the 13th. And that's, again, that's a stream, but it's for seven days. And now you've used four moves over this week, plus the moves you used the previous week, and you've turned those three roster slots into just an absolute boatload of games played. So roster slot number one, let's run it back here. Two games Monday, Tuesday from the Warriors. You switch to Denver for Wednesday, Thursday. That's four games. 
and then you switch to Cleveland for Friday, Saturday. That's six games, two moves. Two moves, you turn that roster slot into a six-gamer. That also has four games in six days to start the following week. Terrific. We don't have to do anything with that roster slot until the following Sunday, unless somebody gets hurt. Two moves left. The other one, uh, off of Golden State on Friday, we switched from the Warriors to the Wizards. So that became a five-game week. That also runs through Saturday of the following week. And then the last one, if I'm not mistaken, what the hell did we do with the last one? Did I switch off the other Warriors? Oh, no, it was the Jazz. That's right. Jazz was the other one. Uh, we switched off the Jazz on Sunday. So that switched them from a four-game week to a five-game week. Added one game. Uh, and we switched to the Lakers, who then have five and seven. So that slot is actually taken care of until the following end of the following week as well. So basically, those three slots now played 16 games this week. You used your moves in advance to maximize it. Where, you know, honestly, the best it was going to be was 12 if you had three four-game weeks in there. And you turned it into 16 and you created flexibility for the following week where you can load up again. Pretty good stuff. This is what we're going to do throughout the week. Next week, we're going to look at players that actually fit that mold. What I want you to do over the weekend, I'm assigning you guys a little bit of homework on this streaming stuff. Look at the teams on in your league. Look at the Warriors. Who's available on the Warriors in your league? Who's available on teams like Utah that go for the first days? Denver. Uh, we talked about having uh, four games in the first six days of the week. And those are the teams that you're looking at, at least to start the affair. Happy to talk about it with you guys on the internet. We're going to talk streaming on social media. I know you're feeling like you get abandoned because I don't have shows on Saturday or Sunday during the playoffs, but that's the way it's going to have to be. Suck it up. We're going to get there. Playoffs begin. Our next show will be in some of your fantasy playoffs on Monday. That'll be a reverse chronological lightning round. We're still going to do that, but we're going to go like traditional lightning round. So we'll knock that out in about 25 minutes, and then we'll talk players that fit the streaming mold. It's never going to be as crazy as last year. Last year was nuts stream-wise because of all the postponements from the first half, and you had like the Grizzlies playing four games in five days twice in that. Like Spurs, I think, had four games in five nights twice during that stretch. Ooh, was that nuts. Silly season was in maximum effect, and players were getting rested because it was just too many damn games in a row. This one, I think, will actually be a tiny bit more predictable because there aren't that many five and sevens or four and fives. I don't think there are any four and fives. We had a bunch of those last year. Or a few. Shouldn't say a bunch. Uh, Rapid-fire promos here at the end of the show. Please do drop a five-star review on the pod. Those of you that are fresh subscribers, it makes a big, big difference. We want to get to 775 before the end of the regular season. Uh, then we can really make a huge push in draft season next year. So please do boot up the podcast app on your mobile device if that's how you're listening through iTunes also works. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show title. On your mobile device, you have to scroll down to the bottom of the screen after you click on the show title. On iTunes, you just... Uh, there's a tab for rate and review at that point. So easy peasy over there. Manscaped.com promo code there is ethos20. Mybookie.ag promo code there is just hoopball. 
Uh, and I believe that our code with ExpressVPN is still functional. That's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. So a couple of them still have the old code. Manscaped, Ethos 20, and Thrive Ethos are the two that have the new promo code. I will talk to you guys on social media. We'll talk streaming as much as you guys want. There's your Dan Vesper's promise. Have a great weekend, everybody. Playoff time around the corner. Talk to you then.